Hello, this is Veronica from newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Friday, the 20th of May. The Supreme Court today transferred the Gyanwapi Mosque case filed by the Hindu devotees to the Varanasi District Court, live law reported. As for the plea which was filed by the Anjuman Intizamia Masjid Committee and challenged the suit, the court said that it will be heard on priority by the district judge. The matter was heard by a bench of Justices D.Y. Chandrachud, Surya Kant and P.S. Narsimha. The bench said and I quote, Having regard to the sensitivity of this civil suit, this case before the civil judge Varanasi shall stand transferred and be heard by a senior and experienced judicial officer of Uttar Pradesh Judicial Services. Thus, case transferred from civil judge senior division Varanasi to district judge Varanasi. Unquote. The bench observed that since the matter involved a fair amount of complexity and sensitivity, it should be transferred to the district judge since it would be better to have a seasoned hand. The bench added that this would protect the interests of all parties. The bench also said that the interim order passed on May 17th by a Varanasi court shall continue. The court had ordered that the wuzu khana in the mosque, where a shivling was allegedly found, be sealed and protected. In keeping with this order, the mosque's managing committee asked devotees not to turn up in large numbers for Friday prayers, Hindustan Times reported. Apart from this, the apex court directed the district magistrate to make proper arrangements for the observance of wuzu for the time being after consulting parties. The Supreme Court also told the district administration to protect the location and said that this should be done without curbing rights of Muslims. Listeners, the Gyanwapi Mosque has been in the news since a court in Uttar Pradesh ordered the resumption of a video survey of the mosque premises. On Monday, the court ordered the sealing of a mosque's pool after it was alleged that a shivling had been found there. If you want to know what locals in Varanasi think of the video survey, check out my colleague Tanishka Sodhi's ground report on newslaundry.com. It is titled, High Tension, Higher Stakes – What Varanasi Residents Think of Gyanwapi Mosque Video Survey The reason we are able to report on such issues of public interest without any pressure from political parties or corporations is because we don't depend on them for ads. We rely only on you to support us. So, if you're not a part of our independent news model already, head over to newslaundry.com and click on the red subscription button on the top right corner of the screen. Subscription plans start as low as 300 rupees only. Pay to keep news free. The CBI conducted raids today in at least 16 locations in Delhi and Bihar linked to RJD chief Lalu Prasad Yadav and his daughter Misa Bharti. According to Hindustan Times, the raids began at around 7am today at the Patna residence of Yadav's wife Rabri Devi. Devi is also a former chief minister of Bihar. Soon after the raids started, several RJD leaders and workers protested the searches. ANI quoted RJD leader Alok Mehta as saying, this is an attempt to muzzle a strong voice. CBI's direction and actions are completely biased. Unquote. He also said that the raids were an attempt to quote-unquote finish off the opposition. The CBI has registered a fresh case against Yadav in connection with a land-for-job scam in the railways between 2004 and 2009 when Yadav was the railway minister. The CBI has alleged that Yadav and his family members received land and properties as bribes for jobs in the railways during his tenure. RJD leader Shivanand Tiwari said that the CBI's case was a warning to State Chief Minister Nitish Kumar. Speaking to NDTV, he said, and I quote, 
The BJP is getting uneasy about Nitish Kumar and Tejasvi Yadav coming together on the demand for a caste census. The timing of these raids points to this. Otherwise, why has the CBI suddenly taken up this case at a time when Nitish Kumar is set to call an all-party meeting on the demand for caste census? Unquote. In a tweet, the RJD slammed the raids, saying in Hindi, Countless raids have been conducted in the so-called scam related to railways and nothing has been found. Respected Laluji was the railway minister till 2004 to 2009. Today, after 13 years, if the CBI has to conduct raids, then you can guess what a poor level of investigation agency the CBI is. The Lalu family is not one to bow down and be afraid. Unquote. Congress leader Navjot Singh Sidhu surrendered in a Patiala court today. NDTV reported. On Thursday, the Supreme Court had sentenced Sidhu to one year in jail in a road rage case in which a man was killed. Earlier in the day, the Supreme Court had refused to entertain Sidhu's request for an extension for his surrender on medical grounds. Advocate Abhishek Manu Singhvi, who was appearing for Sidhu, had mentioned the request before Justice A.M. Khanvilkar. Singhvi had said, and I quote, He will of course surrender shortly. We want a few weeks to surrender. It is after 34 years. He wants to organize his medical affairs. Unquote. To this, Justice Khanwilkar said, and I quote, Place a formal application and we will see. File this and mention it before the Chief Justice's court and then we will see. Unquote. The Supreme Court on Thursday had ordered quote-unquote rigorous punishment for Sidhu. The ruling had come on a petition filed by the family of Gurnam Singh, the man who had been killed in a brawl involving Sidhu and Rupinder Singh Sandhu. The petition sought a review of the court's 2018 order in which Sidhu's three-year prison sentence was reduced to a fine of 1,000 rupees. While passing the order for a one-year sentence, the court had observed that while a disproportionately severe sentence was not needed, an inadequate sentence would fail to create a deterrent effect on the society. Following the court's order, Sidhu had taken to Twitter and said that he would quote-unquote submit to the majesty of law. India hit out at Pakistan today after the latter's foreign minister Bilawal Bhutto Zardari commented on Jammu and Kashmir at the United Nations Security Council, PTI reported. Zardari had brought up the abrogation of Article 370 and the recent order by the Delimitation Commission during the Council debate on maintenance of international peace and security, conflict and food security. Apart from this, while addressing a press conference on Thursday, Zardari had said that Pakistan's relationship with India was complicated since the abrogation and the delimitation exercise. He added that these actions make it very difficult to hold a dialogue with India. During the debate today, Councillor in India's permanent mission to the UN, Rajesh Parihar, said and I quote, Pakistan representative made unwarranted remarks which symbolizes nothing but a Pavlovian response aimed to misuse any forum and every topic to propagate false and malicious propaganda against my country. Unquote. Parihar added that the only contribution Pakistan can make is to stop state-funded terrorism in the area. The government of India revoked Article 370 of the Constitution in 2019. The law gave Jammu and Kashmir special status under which the state had autonomy. Since the abrogation, the two states have been combined into one union territory. Early this month, the Delimitation Commission finalised the redrawing of poll constituencies and increased the number of assembly seats from 83 to 90. On 17th May, India had rejected the resolution moved against the delimitation exercise in the Pakistan National Assembly. 
A Supreme Court appointed inquiry commission which was probing the police encounter of four accused in a 2019 rape case in Hyderabad has concluded that the four accused had been deliberately fired upon by the police. Live law reported The commission was headed by former Supreme Court judge Justice V S Sirpurkar and also included former Bombay High Court judge Justice Rekha Baldota and former CBI director Karthikeyan. It found that the suspects died due to injuries caused by bullets fired by the police and that the firing was not done in self-defense. The commission opined and I quote, "It cannot be believed that the deceased suspects might have died due to the indiscriminate firing from the pistols allegedly matched by them." and it has to be held that all the deceased suspects died due to the injuries caused by the bullets fired by the police party it cannot also be believed that the deceased suspects opened fire towards the police party unquote in addition to this the commission has said that all 10 officers who were involved in the encounter should be tried for murder and destruction of evidence the officers can also not use the exception of private defense The Supreme Court has allowed the commission report to be made public. In doing so, the court has rejected the demand of the state of Telangana to keep the report sealed. The court had constituted the commission in 2019 after the encounter had taken place. The four suspects were accused of gang rape and murder of a doctor. The encounter had sparked widespread outrage at the time. The Ukrainian military said today that Russian forces have bombarded areas in the eastern region and taken control of some areas of the Donbas area, BBC reported. According to Reuters, Russian forces shelled civilian infrastructure and used multiple rocket launchers to hit targets. The regional governor of Luhansk said that at least 13 civilians have been killed from the region in the last 24 hours. However, Russia has denied targeting civilians. In an address on Thursday night, President Volodymyr Zelensky said and I quote, "The Donbas is completely destroyed. It is hell there and that is not an exaggeration." unquote. He added that there have also been constant strikes in the Odessa region in the south. The Ukrainian National Guard has released video footage which it claims shows Russian forces blowing up a bridge connecting Severodonetsk to Rubizhne in the Luhansk region. Over at Mariupol's Azovstal Steelworks, efforts to extract as many Ukrainian fighters as possible continue. According to the BBC, presidential aide Mikhailo Podolyak has said that talks are being held on the evacuation of Ukrainians. He has called the negotiations difficult and fragile. Several Ukrainian fighters in the region surrendered to Russian forces earlier this week. The Azovstal Steelworks witnessed weeks of bloody battle as Russian forces bombarded the area severely. According to British intelligence, at least 1700 soldiers have surrendered and are being taken to Russian controlled regions. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hold up. 